everyone yeah welcome yeah welcome uh to cranked and ranked uh we uh you know every once in a while life happens and we have to take a little break uh but we are back and uh for those of you who count on us always being around um we 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 do our best but you know sometimes Mm. sometimes you gotta you gotta have some me time and um and so yeah so we we took a couple weeks off but we're back and um Trust me, we still have a fucking long ass list of of artists <laughs> to rank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so we got um, years in us left. We yeah. we got plenty of time. Yeah, and then, and then if you know, and then at that point, all other bands will be older with a bigger discography, and we'll be doing <laughs> that. It's ne- it's never going to end. I'm going to be on my deathbed, being like, "No, we didn't get to all the bands. <laughs> I don't know why I have an accent now. We're, we're trapped here. This is it. This is our eternity. <laughs> this is it. We're trapped in the closet with R. Kelly." Um, so, uh, yes, uh, cranked and ranked is the name of this podcast. If you're new where we rank rock and metal and other music related things, usually band discographies. And that's what we were doing today. We're back, back with a band discography, um, a one parter and a fun one. Um, although I, I, I'm going to have to preface this by saying, I think out of all of the episodes we've ever done, every artist we've ever done, this one was the least musically satisfying of any artist we've ever done. I'm wow. just gonna okay. I'm gonna say that because I'll get into it a little bit, but <laughs> I didn't take away very much at all from doing this ranking. Um, and the ranking we're going to be doing today, folks, if you haven't just read, uh, is Twisted Sister. <laughs> Um, what do you want to do with your <laughs> podcast? I want to rank, rank. That's what I was, man, that would have been great minds right there. Is what was happening. Um, speaking of great minds, before we go any further, I want to say happy birthday, Eddie Sparks. Um, you are now twenty four. I'm in my mid twenties. Yeah, I'm very scared. <laughs> don't be, don't be scared because, like I've said many times, I never, I wasn't comfortable with myself to where I thought I was actually smart and knew what I was doing until I was thirty. So, Fair. so, and that, so my, th- if I could go back to it any time, I would never go back to my twenties. That was the worst time of my life. My thirties, there was things weren't as great, but as a person. I felt like I, you know, I had gotten a lot better. Mm. Honestly, I think I'm the best person I've ever been right fucking now at 44. Hell yeah. So, Hell um, yeah, you are. So anyway, uh, yes, happy birthday, sir. And uh, and if anybody out there is like, oh, I didn't get Eddie anything, go, go buy some Cranked and Ranked merch for for his birthday. Um, you can go to uh, oldhead.myspreadshop.com or old-head.myspreadshop.co.uk and buy some things. Nice little tie um, in there. Yeah. Nice little segue. You know what? I'm all about using your birthday for my benefit <laughs> <laughs> if it's possible. But uh, so, yes, uh, Twisted Sister is who we're going to be ranking today. And um, I, when I, because I, I said this on the, the end of the last episode, 
I, prior to this, had only heard one Twisted Sister album all the way through. If you're watching the video, it's behind me. Stay hungry. I have the, that on vinyl. That's it. I'm pretty sure everybody that's into 80s hard rock owns Stay Hungry. I think it's just one of those albums. It's like if you're into 70s rock, you probably own, you know, Dark Side of the Moon or something. You know, it's like yeah. for 80s hard rock, I think Stay Hungry is one of those that you just, you have to own. And so it, it's just one of those. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so I've heard, I, so now I've heard all of the albums and I was surprised was for some reason, I thought they had way more albums, but they only really have five proper albums. Yeah. Um, six, six that we're going to be ranking because we decided to also throw in their Christmas album that they did. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, th- this is, it's an interesting, uh, ranking for me. Uh, just because, you know, to preface this before I, you know, go off on some of my critiques, we, we've already done, you know, Poison, Motley Crue, Cinderella, Rat, Rat. I think that may have been all like the big 80s hairy type bands that we've done. But all of those bands are bands that like I love most of what they did. Yeah. Um, and... I came into to Twisted Sister thinking, oh, I'm going to really love this too, probably. It's in the same vein, the same uh, same time period. And that didn't really happen. Um, hmm. But anyway, I, but as we normally do, we can talk about where we first uh, came across Twisted Sister. And mine, mine, I guarantee people that are my age, I was born in 78, so um, I was a young kid in the early 80s. And... I remember the very first time I ever saw D. Snyder and company. It was in a little movie called Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Uh, and my mom took me to the movie theater to see that. So what was that? 1984, 85, something like that. So I wasn't very, I was seven, six, seven years old, something like that. Maybe eight. But um, I just remember being like, who the hell are these guys? Like they just looked fucked up <laughs> like like i'm just like what is going on with their the the hair and the clothes is insane and um and so uh and and of course soon after that i started paying more attention to mtv and then you start seeing the videos for i want to rock and uh, uh we're not gonna take it and uh, re- really that's it um i don't remember <laughs> seeing any other twisted sister videos but um and uh, and then yeah, they were a band that like I never really like jumped on board. Um, I bought Stay Hungry because I found it for pretty cheap, and it's one of those albums that there's two albums where I'm not really really big on the bands, but they're albums that are important for a time period that I love, and that's Stay Hungry and uh, Metal Health by Quiet Riot. Uh, those yep. are both albums that th- they're so responsible for like. You know, sure, the 80s hair thing was booming, but I feel like those two albums were two that just went boom and the, the fucking thing went massive. Yeah. And um, and so they they're very important albums. If you are really fascinated by that time period of music, which I am and Eddie is as well. Very much um, so. <laughs> so uh, so but when but when did you first uh, hear Twisted Sister? Twisted Sister for me is a combination of of things and i I, th- I think this leads me to having the feelings towards twisted sister that i do i love them mm-hmm. and i consider them to be the ultimate 
80s movie vibe of like any i mean they're mentioned in 80s movies they appear in 80s movies you know they and their their music videos are like mini 80s movies you know yeah. <laughs> so, and, and very very recently d snyder appeared in uh, a season of cobra kai like they, yeah, <laughs> uh, they, they 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 go to see a D Snyder concert, I guess, wow. and that's how much he is tied to that '80s vibe. Is is that he even was in that? And I even I was all like, "Oh shit, D Snyder!" Um, Hell yeah! So was, but I, I also unapologetically love that show. So you know, totally, and, and it's got, it's got some cool music in it too. Definitely, as as well. Like I remember the first time I heard them was or or heard a version of them i don't know if it is twisted sister out of out of memory or if it's a cover i mean obviously it's a re-recording i'm rambling here you know the spongebob movie i'm a goofy goober i'm showing my age here because i remember i heard i want to rock after i'm a goofy goober yeah rock that's so great because my like so I think I've said this before. Like I, I, I can't stand most children's programming, but SpongeBob was the show that me and my daughter really bonded yeah. on because I, I laughed. I think more than she did at SpongeBob as yeah. a as a thirty plus year old man. And we went to go see the SpongeBob movies in the theater and stuff like that. But and we had the soundtrack, and so we would constantly mm. play. I'm a goofy goober. Rock. Oh, no, yeah, rock. <laughs> um, and it, and it's, uh, I love that. That's such a great ending to that movie. Like, how more yeah. fucking ridiculous can you get than the end of that movie? It's, it's so good. More children's I, programming should be like that. Exactly. And also, uh, this is another GTA band because uh, I Wanna Rock is in GTA Vice City. Uh-huh. And I think we're not going to take it might be in vice city stories not 100 percent sure mm-hmm. but we're not going to take it was also on uh guitar hero warriors of rock so i basically okay. i got bombarded with twisted sister yeah. in multiple facets of my life to the point where yeah, i should probably check these guys out i like these songs and you know what i've listened to their stuff and it's not the most um technically amazing shred playing of the 80s but no, if it, for, the, for the podcast world, I was I was shaking my head very sternly, yeah. like no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but here, here's the thing: they had on their side like more. They're much more of a shouty, hooky sing along yeah. band than they are a technical proficiency band. Sure, straight out of the gate. I think as well. Uh, the first time I heard the name Twisted Sister, I think was in that. That scene in Flight of the Navigator, you know that movie. I uh, haven't seen that since I was a kid, but I know what you're I, talking about. You know how the, uh, you know, whatever character Sarah Jessica Parker is playing, she's got like a purple streak in her hair. And she said, oh, me and the girls are going to go see Twisted Sister tonight. And he like, the kid says, I've never heard of her. And she goes, <laughs> it's a him. Actually, it's a they. <laughs> it, just, it just stuck with me. It's like, wow, the 80s were really weird. I like it. So <laughs> do you, this, this is a, this is a tangent already. Do you, cool. it, does it ever make you feel weird when people in movies and television shows mention bands that you love? Does it ever feel weird to you? I just, I just get like, I just do a little bit of a head nod at the TV. Like, 
I like him too. I just, like, I just, <laughs> I, it always just feels awkward to me when they, oh, when they, when they mention bands. A really good example of that is, uh, my mum called me into the uh, living room one time because she was watching Murder She Wrote. She's like a massive <laughs> fan of like eighties. Uh, detective shows um, yeah. and she called me into the room she said well holy shit or Eddie I just talked to myself <laughs> Eddie come into the room come into the living room and no word of a lie um, what's her name Angela uh, Lansbury Angela Lansbury um, says like hmm yes they sound a lot like Metallica or like whatever like band they were talking about and I was like that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. I like that. That's, you know? I, but I don't know why it always feels so awkward. Because I almost want to be like, you don't, don't, you don't need to mention, just make up a fake <laughs> band name. Don't mention my bands in your shit. Even if it's somebody that I love, I'm all like, eh, don't, I, why? Why do you have to mention it? <laughs> but, I, but that's only when it's like just regular ass shit. Like if it's a sitcom that's all about like family stuff 98% of the time and then there's one episode where somebody says Metallica I go no don't talk about Metallica in this I don't know why I don't I have no idea why the things that that make me feel awkward are bizarre for the most part but um that's that's funny <laughs> I, yeah. I've, I've just I've kind of always thought of it as like um like it, I suppose it's different if a band actually makes a cameo in the show like you know yeah. Anthrax yeah. appearing on um you know, married with children. I'm totally fine with that. That's handling it a bit differently. Yeah, but it, it, I can see in a way how it's kind of like this was a clear attempt to to grab a, a younger audience at yeah. times. But when when it's done like I'm a goofy goober rock, like oh yeah, that no, is, that's great. That's that great. transcends generational boundaries right yeah. there. That that binds us. It penetrates us. Sometimes consensually. <laughs> uh, so yeah, with that, uh, yes, let's we, let's should, rank. We got six should, albums to rank. Six full-length studio albums by Twisted Sister. Um, so let's. I it, I would be surprised if our number sixes were not the same thing, uh, but I guess we'll find out. So, what is your number six <laughs> Twisted Sister album? My number six is Stay Hungry. <laughs> it's not, it's not. <laughs> that would be a really odd beginning to this yeah. episode <laughs> nah it's it's um, it's an overrated album <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a twisted christmas like that here we go like yeah we, we've talked we've talked about christmas albums here in the past with the billy idol episode um and to me it's one of those albums that should be cringe and at mm -hmm. times it can be. Yeah. But it, it also strikes me as self-aware enough to get away with it. So it's like, it's Twisted Sister. Yeah. They're not they're not doing it in in a you know, it I mean they even start the album with a psych out where they're doing like an acoustic um uh what's the first fucking track? I don't know. But it, I think it's you know, Oh Come they, All Ye Faithful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and that or something was a like big that. dick. In, it, it was no, a big dick in a power move, yeah. in my opinion, to mash up "O Come All Ye Faithful" with "We're Not Gonna Take It." I think that was a clever thing to do. Oh, that's later but, on in the album. So you're wrong. I, you're, you're right. You're right. It's a different song. I don't remember. But anyway, I, I put this album out of my <laughs> mind already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." Ha, there you and, go. 
and and like it, they start off and they they do about like forty seconds of it, and then they're like, whoa, 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 what the f- what the hell are we doing here? What the fuck? <laughs> and then they start doing it like electric. So, so that than- honestly, that because this is also my number six. We'll just have an open conversation about this album because yeah, let's do it. But that's what that's what I'm trying to say. So I I'll, I'll say this a lot about Twisted Sister that just listening to the music the majority of the music that they made, I would say 80% of the music they made sounds like it was made like, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like there was a paint by numbers of how to do hard rock music and there's no coloring outside of the lines. It's just making the hard rock picture exactly as the numbers tell you to make it. But don't really do anything outside of any of that, because that would be kind of weird. And so they begin this thing, and the guy goes, This ain't Twisted Sister! This is Twisted Sister! And then they go into playing like the most blandest thing (laughs) They literally go from playing something that's like bland and, and soft to bland and loud. And I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> Twisted Sister. That's, that's oh, that is? And yes, it is, folks. It is blandness. I mean, honestly, that is the one thing I have to say. After 20 years, the band is back together. They haven't done anything together in 20 years, and they decide to do a Christmas album. Like that, more power to D. Snyder. He seems like a great guy. And I'm sure the other guys in the band, although isn't the drum the drummer passed away, didn't he? AJ um, Perro is is uh, no longer with us. Yeah, but, um, uh, but yeah. and I'm sure he was great too. And I'm sure I'm sure and I understand that this band has a lot of fans. I don't quite understand why there are really big fans of this band, but it's just something about like coming back 20 years later and then it's not even really trying very hard in this. It's very. <laughs> It's very phoned in, like they had a weekend and they just got together and threw this together. And um, the real question is, is this Christmas album better or worse than Billy Idol's Christmas album? I think, I don't know what it is. I I think Billy Idol, he had that kind of crossover appeal where he could kind of get away with anything. Mm -hmm. He could do a hair metal song and get away with it. He could do a new wave song and get away with it. I think Twisted Sister, they, they're kind of tied to an image. Whereas Billy Idol, while he did have like a bag boy rocker kind of image, he didn't really conform to any one genre. Yeah. He, he'd kind of jumped around. So in a way, he gets more of a pass, I guess, than Twisted Sister would. I, I mean, I, you know, I feel like this could be a, a fun yearly thing to stick on and have a good laugh and a drink with yeah and I, I i don't think it's meant to be taken any deeper than that i know I, I, you know, I don't think it yeah. is but it has given me a greater appreciation for billy idol's christmas album because i just <laughs> i i like the fact that he didn't just do this basic bitch rock music stuff he just did yeah. the, the songs normally with billy idol singing them which is also a little bit disappointing but lesser it's the least lessers of the disappointingness <laughs> Um, I'm sorry, you were probably going to do a track by track, and I just like jumped in, like, let me, I got I, something to say. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest, I, I didn't really, I didn't do a track by track for this one, uh, but okay. I did, I did want to say, 
12 silver crosses, 11 black mascaras, 10 pairs of platforms, 9 tattered t-shirts, 8 pentagrams, 7 leather jackets, 6, six cans of hairspray, 5 skull earrings, 4 quarts of drag, 3 studded belts, 2 pairs of spandex pants, and a tattoo of Ozzy. Oh, that's that's the caliber <laughs> of, of entertainment you're going to get on this album, folks. I will give it one thing. Uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas has Lita Ford on it. So uh, yep. th- I enjoyed at least <laughs> that portion of that song. Which brings me to my question. When the fuck are we going to rank Lita Ford? Because that We're is... We're going to do that. That's, yeah. 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 Swing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she'd give a dog a bone. Um, if she were president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> why does that still make me laugh and i've heard that like I, a million times it's the best one um anyway yeah i i think i i don't like this and um honestly <laughs> just going through the twisted sister catalog once i realized that they 20 years later this is what they came out with i go it kind of makes sense um and also, it is important to note that like they chose all these different Christmas songs, and none of them were on our cranked and ranked Christmas playlist. They chose um, they chose a whole bunch of real basic Christmas songs. They could have done. Why couldn't they do simply having a wonderful Christmas time or um, uh, Merry Christmas? What is that one by the well, by the British Slade? Group? Slade. Yeah, I that would have like been a great. That would have been great. That was practically made for... That was right there. Exactly. Because like, they didn't... They cover Slade already? Maybe. Isn't We're, isn't we're Not Gonna Take It a Slade? No, no, no. I'm thinking of Come On, Feel the Noise. That's a Slade yeah. song. That's Quiet Riot. That is not what we're talking about today. Um... Anyway, no, they, that's true. They're, 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 they didn't cut. They didn't do that. Their hit, their hit song wasn't a cover. They tried to make a hit song out of a cover, which we'll get to, mm. and it did not work. Mm. Um, but anyways, yes, to a twisted Christmas, and also the the way that it ends. This is this is the this is how lazy they were doing it. So the album wraps up, and it's a whole crowd full of people singing, "We wish you a twisted, you Christmas. twisted Christmas," and they do it over and over again. And then you you get they get to the last one, "We wish you a twisted Christmas," and I'm like, "Oh, what kind of New Year's is it going to be?" And a twisted New Year. I'm like, "Oh God, yeah. damn it!" <laughs> it couldn't even be they couldn't even do a different word. It's like <laughs> just use some imagination. It's just so like <laughs> this is good enough. Print it, get it out. It'll make some money for the first time, and then that's, we'll put, we'll cash our checks, and we'll go back to our lives. <laughs> All right. I I feel kind of mean right now because I've been listening to like so much Twisted Sister these past two weeks, and having a good time watching their music videos. And so far, I've got about like twenty seven minutes on the clock. And we've just been so critical of the Christmas album so far. It, I'm gonna be critical <laughs> about a lot of their albums. I'm gonna go ahead and throw that out there. But I know I I but having a good time listening to them that makes I I'm absolutely I understand that I absolutely understand that. So let's but let's let's keep let's let's go let's move on. So maybe we can get to something slightly uh, more positive here with uh, your number five Twisted cool. Sister album. So my, the following five are all from a place of love. That My top five Twisted Sister albums are all albums that I enjoy very much so, mm-hmm. and depending on what kind of day it is. Uh, in terms of how much, like the frequency of how much I'm going to play these records is 
the way I've structured my list. So without further ado, my number five is, and this could be a controversial take, but my number five is Under the Blade. Okay, that's the debut, right? It is the debut. And there is a certain, like, yeah, the songs are really catchy, but I feel like the production isn't quite there yet. And also there's still a confidence like they have to prove themselves that they wouldn't have until the next album. So are are you referring to the original mix of the album or the re-released mix from the eighties later in the eighties? I think I'm talking about the re-release one because it's got Mm -hmm. shoot them down on it. Both of them sound bad, but um, (laughs) the second, the remix is less bad. Also, I always think it's, it's interesting to me that the there's two different album covers also. And yeah. one of them, the band looks real, just like, we're coming to get you. And then the second one, D. Snyder almost looks like he's going, yeah, <laughs> come on. He's like, I don't know why I'm here. This <laughs> is my band, I guess. He has a really, yeah. he has a really like confused and, and, and I don't know what it, what kind of yeah. look it is, but I'm like, they, that's the picture they chose. <laughs> that's we, really we, weird. we remixed it. Give it another go. <laughs> come on guys. Give us a break. <laughs> but yeah, like with that, I'm a, I'm a dive in. So what you don't know, sure can hurt you, sure can hurt you, uh, is a great opener. It's a good show opener, to be, to be fair. Considering it doesn't um, start with welcome to our show, isn't that the way it starts? <laughs> it's like, a, <laughs> it's, it's, a very, it's important to note, though, like because I, I have seen the, the Twisted Sister documentary, and hmm. I do know from watching that that they were plugging away at clubs for years before they ever did this yeah. album. So they, they put in their time. I'm not going to, I'm going to give them that, but you know. Yeah. But then following <laughs> yeah. <laughs> following that one right up, you get Bad Boys of Rock and Roll making it the second bracket song in a row. Yeah. Uh really catchy song. You know, you can tell that they've taken a big note from the UK glam bands of the seventies, where it's like, you know, we gotta have a chorus, it's gotta be major key and it's got to be it's got to get a pub singing along basically yeah um then you get run for your life love the descending chromatics run for your life love that um sin after sin those manly gang vocals are pretty cool do you want to know what's weird about that song what's that i was listening to that song and i started thinking to myself is this a judas priest cover Cause I'm all like, cause it sounds kind of like a Judas Priest song from the eighties. And I was like, they had an album called sin after sin, but that was in the seventies. So I had to go yeah. look it up and be like, is this a Judas? No, nope. It's a twisted sister original. It's funny. Cause like early twisted sister, especially they had this like weird thing where they would do like, they would do a song that could have been by Slade. And then they would do a song that you would expect from like Michael Schenker. And it's like, they, they, they got this cool, thing happening here and you can kind of see how they're beloved in the kind of glam thing even if they are very straightforward musically yeah um shoot them down which i believe was introduced on the re-release is an absolute tune Mm -hmm. um destroyer is a slow plodding track a, a bit slower and plot more plodding than it probably needed to be um under the Blade kicks ass. Tear It Loose is, is a cool song. I'll Never Grow Up Now uh, is, is an absolute party of a song. And Day of the Rocker is a cool closer. Really, th- this album is 
is one of those where I'm like, if I'm in a if I'm in an early eighties mood, I'll stick it on and I'll have a good time. But they're they're one of the more switch your brain off and have a beer kind of eighties hard rock bands rather yeah. than check out this guitar player and have your face melted off kind of yeah so yeah with that that's that's my number five awesome um, my number five is their fourth album come out and play from 1985 which was um, almost my number five until i changed my mind hey hey um <laughs> so when i went i did this chronologically i started with under the blade and then moved all the way through um listening to their albums and um once i got to this one because I really enjoyed, obviously, I really enjoy Stay Hungry. It, Stay Hungry mm-hmm. is a classic album for a reason. And then this is the follow-up to it. And this is really like, it's like the the songs are weaker. And it's almost mm. like they ran out of steam, like didn't know kind of where to go from there. And so they do things like, oh, we're going to do a cover song. We'll, we'll cover Leader of the Pack, which is really yeah. bad. <laughs> and um, and it really shows that, like, at that point, I think what Twisted Sister had to offer was really limited. And mm-hmm. it had already worn very thin. I think at this point, even... Like, that's the weirdest thing to think about. This is how disappointing this album was. They went from having an album that was, like, massively successful. And then the very next album, everyone went, nah. <laughs> like... Like even audiences were just kind of like, yeah, we're kind of done with your, with your hmm. makeup and hair stuff. Um, but yeah, the it's just a bunch of same old, same old, and um, some of it's enjoyable. Like there's like all of their albums from this point on five through one, there are parts and songs where I enjoyed myself. Hmm. Um, but at this point with in come out and play, it's almost like the sound of a band treading water in a very shallow pool. And mm. so it's, it, there's not really a lot more to offer. Now I think I'll probably get this out of the way right now. Cause I got to like talk about the, the number one thing that made it really hard for me to get into their stuff. Um, it is some of the stiffest, soulless soulless guitar playing i've ever fucking heard like it sounds i'm assuming everybody knows how to play the guitars really well but they play it like if if i was recording an album and i'd been playing guitar for like a year and i'm real tight with everything and i'm just like like there's lit there's no there's no latitude or whatever it's just it's Mm. it's so fucking stiff on all of their albums that this is going to be controversial it makes cc deville sound like an awesome guitar player (laughs) oh shit because i'm just like at least he there's some like vibe and like some looseness going on but almost every twisted sister album it's i'm just i keep listening going why are you playing that way like, why does it have to be so choppy? Like, it's it's just, it's just so, that's the best way I can explain it, is that it's stiff. It's like, I have no idea. Almost like these days, if you were going to program it, program this guitar riff, and it was like, <laughs> that's what it sounds like. It's real, it's real, it's, there's not, it's soulless is the best way I can say. It's just, there's not a lot going on there for me. 
Um, so I'm going to get that out of the way because they do that a lot. And that really bums me out on every album. Some albums less so. Um, but uh, it's just one of those things where I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand why this band has like massive fans. Like I understand liking this band and enjoying their music, but I think that there are people out there who are really big fans. Like this band is one of the best things ever. And I'm SMFs, the SMFs. (laughs) Now, I guess I would understand like if you were, if you were there back in the day and this is a band that you had like ridden along with them and it's like very Mm -hmm. personal to you. I, I get that. But when it comes to this style of music where it's supposed to be just like turn your brain off, have a beer, have fun, sing along. There are like 10 other bands I can name that did it way better than Twisted Sister. And so um, this has been a really fascinating ride for me (laughs) listening to the (laughs) Twisted Sister discography. And Come Out and Play is an album where there's it's very just sort of "Eh, here's an album and um, the good parts are lesser than they are on uh, albums to come. So uh, on, on that note, <laughs> let's move on to uh, to our number four Twisted Sister album. Cool. So my number four is Come Out and Play. And the big thing that kept this album above Under the Blade for me is that sonically, this is probably my favorite sounding of all their records okay, in, yeah. term, in, in terms of production there's a there's just a real big 80s hair vibe here sure and it's not it's not like mega clinical and it's got like you know maybe apart from the guitar playing i i do agree to an extent that but they're they really nailed like the right amount of reverb to have on the drums and the right amount of you know delay to have on the vocals and that when this album shines it has moments where I think this fucking rules, dude. Mm, and yeah. but I I do understand the weaknesses of this album compared to the top three. Uh, so come out and play is a speedy metal track and is a pretty killer opener. Uh, and I particularly liked the little uh, Warriors reference at the beginning. Yeah, Twisted yeah. Sister, come out to play. <laughs> which is which movie. that's a that's a cool reference in 85 because that movie wasn't that old at that point yeah um, it, it does it does amaze me now when you when you look back at certain things from the 80s and they're re- like people will make references to movies that are like two years old and like anything since then needs at least 20 years to get a cult following yeah um whereas like back in the day it was like oh everybody's seen that and it rules or everybody's heard that and it rules and everybody knows what that is. Yeah. Um, but immediately you follow it up with leader of the pack, which, you know, is a Shangri-La's cover. And the thing people tend to cringe about this album, the most when this album comes up, Oh, it's, it's one of those moments that I won't skip, but it's pretty hard to defend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i think like the the video makes it more bearable especially that that part where they're all peeing against the road and they all turn around to go leader of the pack and it's kind of funny but yeah um you want what we got is a stomping party rocker i i believe in rock and roll like that was one of the ones that got me like 
Yeah, <laughs> I do believe. Uh, <laughs> and then immediately following that up with The Fire Still Burns, I fucking love this song. Like, it's uh, that big epic chorus. I don't care if the chorus is one line repeated when oh, it yeah. sounds that big. Yeah. Like, the fire, fire still burns. That's like, argh. that speaks to me on an 80s metal level. And then Be Cruel to Your School, uh, spelt uh, B-C-H-R-O-O-L to your S C E sorry S C U E L Star Speller Year Five. What Don't forget what that is bizarre. Why, why did they do that? <laughs> did have you not seen that? Oh, I like, have seen know. I've seen it, but I d- I didn't really pay attention to the exact spelling of it. S- spelling errors are cool. Uh, <laughs> that that song was actually in a movie I watched a lot as a kid called One Crazy Summer with uh, John uh. C- John Cusack. And it's it's almost it's weird. It's almost like uh, a a a cousin to the movie Better Off Dead. You ever see Better Off Dead with John Cusack, where he he breaks up with the girl and he's like going, he, he's like tra- training to be a skier and a snow skier kind of guy. Okay, anyway, that that's nah, a great eighties movie. And then I think it's the same writer director that did One Crazy Summer, where it's just kind of a reverent, you know, kind of eighties comedy. Um, not as good as Better Off Dead, if I remember right, but you know, it's got Bobcat Goldthwait in it. And back when he was still doing the all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I just remember that song is in uh, is in that movie. Yeah, and that um you've seen the music video for this song, right? Yeah. Yeah. I he's in that too. As oh the he is. You're start. right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It ties in, but uh I will say I do love the music video to this and see this is the thing right the spirit of Twisted Sister on this album I feel is in this song that they did with Alice Cooper because I just thought do you know what visually and song wise this stacks up with the likes of I Wanna Rock and um, We're Not Gonna Take It in terms of enjoyability Um, had this been the lead off kind of thing in contrast to the cover of leader of the pack it might have been a, a bit better received but you know yeah. um then you get i believe in you is a, is a big old ballad out on the streets is like a lean mean 80s track looking out for number one i quite like that song killer be killed is one of their speedier tracks king of the fools is just a big old epic ballad to close out on i get the same vibe from this record that i do from theater of pain and that is immediately following up a classic with something of a uh of a bomb yeah right afterwards uh and they did uh, you know the difference being you know motley would follow up with girls 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 and dr feelgood whereas twisted sister would disband one album later um which is unfortunate um mm-hmm. but th- for, for me this album production wise is my favorite sounding of their albums but the strength of the songs has taken a real hit compared to the previous one yeah you're right um cool well uh, well i mean the interesting thing now is that with my number four it's going to solidify that we have the same top three um because my number four is under the blade from 1982 
Um, going from what you said is their best sounding album to what is arguably their worst sounding album. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the 82 version or the 85 remix. 1985 was the remix version. <clears throat> um, this album has a good energy to it. But um, straight out of the gate when I was listening to this, because this is an album that a lot of people like to point to, like, oh, you listen to Under the Blade. Some of the songs are almost like metal songs. And I'm like, <laughs> that's really pushing it here. That's like saying, yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's that same argument that people have for the hard rock music that Judas Priest made. And they're like, it's metal. I'm like, no, yeah. it's not. It's hard rock. <laughs> but um, But the thing that I couldn't get past a few songs into this is that it's very bland. Like mm. this is 1982. There was, uh, there was, you know, I guess this is, I guess they're still at the beginning of it all because 82, when did, when did, uh, too fast for love come out? Was it 81? Too 81, fast for love? A year, a year before. Yeah. Um, too fast for love blows this fucking album out of the water. But, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's really like, the kind of thing that I said before, other bands would end up doing this so much better than this. And my problem with a lot of Twisted Sister and especially this album is that the stuff where they try to be poppy is not catchy enough. The stuff where they try to be heavy, it's too light. And so mm. it's this weird, it's very stiff. And the only thing that I could equate it to, and it's and I might this might be a cheap shot because the band had the their image with how they dressed and, and looked and everything. But every everything about this band, it feels like a freshly starched rock and roll costume that they mm. just put on and they they're like, here's what the rockers do and sound like and look like. Boom. And it's just it, it's it, like if anyone was going to point to a band and say they seem manufactured, this is exactly what I would be pointing at. Like, hmm. It it feels like they had just enough rock and roll knowledge to get them by, but that was as far as they were going to go. And so it Which blows is my mind because like it, they were one of the bands that you know absolutely soldiered on through the whole of nearly all of the seventies playing you know bars and shit. Yeah, but when I hear it's, this album, you can hear why it took them so fucking long to get a record deal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how fun you are live or how how great of a singer your front man is or how great of a front man he because he is a great front man and a great singer, great voice. Excellent. But it, it, it there's not a lot there in this. And um and this is go this is coming at it from the angle where I didn't want to have to think too hard, but this almost didn't let me even get comfortable. It's just like, you know, <laughs> it's just a bu- it's a bumpy ride the whole way through. And and you you said something about a song being plotting or something like that. Yeah, a lot of these songs to me sound like they were songs that were supposed to be played on forty five RPM, but they're being played on thirty three. And uh, I'm like, yeah. why is this so slow? And even when yeah, it's slow, the guitar player is still so stiff with everything destroyer. they're playing. <laughs> yeah, so, that one. It's a really so to me for for an album that has all this like hype behind it from like people that are into Twisted Sister or even people that aren't will point to this album and go that one this is really underwhelming like it's compared to the other things that were happening around this time like you know prior to this Motley Crue soon after this would be Rat um, even mm-hmm. Quiet Riot like I, I don't know a whole lot of Quiet Riot so we'll probably get to them and I'll I'll be equally as cruel but. Um, 
I just think that the, my, my, I think the biggest problem here is that my expectations were set high because of people who are into Twisted Sister. And so I expected mm. this to be way more of a, of a, of a debut that was going to like go, damn, this band's good, but it's more like, I, I guess they get better and they do. Um, yeah. So my number four is under the blade. And uh, that brings us to the top, top three twisted sister albums. Okay. Right. Oh, <laughs> wow. That was, yeah. that actually, you sounded like you, like you had, you've been through the shit, man. You, you'd come, you'd come out the other end of being in a rock and roll band for 40 years. And you're like, ah, let me tell you a rock and roll story. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think I hit. I finally hit puberty at twenty four. <laughs> it's got to happen sometime. You finally yep, got pubes. I think, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't tell him about my pubes, did you? <laughs> cool. So, uh, as a seasoned Twisted Sister fan, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, you know, preface this by perhaps I'm being a contrarian. Perhaps I'm. Perhaps I've been in a certain mood this week that's affected my ordering of my top three. Uh-huh. Nonetheless, this is my top three and the most likely albums I'm going to pull off the shelf. Got it. And with that, my number three is Stay Hungry. Oh, all right. And I know it seems odd, being as you've said yourself, Stay Hungry is the one everyone knows and the one everyone into hard rock in the 80s has. Yeah. Um. But there's just something about the the flavors of the upcoming two albums, so to speak, that just they got a little extra spice to them, in my opinion. Uh, One sways one way, the other sways another. Uh, But I feel like Stay Hungry is a happy medium of both. And yeah, so it has like the heaviness of their earlier stuff, but the hookiness of where they would end up going. Yeah. Um, So with that, Stay hungry. Stay hungry. Opening with the title track, you know, good way to go. So, so it, now, it, so no, just just coming off from what I was talking about, if Stay Hungry had been how their first album started, I would have been like, hell yeah, because that is a killer mm. opening song. So yeah, it, it may really kick down the doors in this album. Totally, like right out of the gate, you get pretty much a speed metal song. Yeah. Like this isn't this isn't really glam. It's it's like heavy metal going fast yeah pure badassery like great way to open and then you follow it up with we're not going to take it one of the big two twisted sister tracks also like one of the defining songs of the 1980s like i yes and a song that like i don't think i would want to hang out with anybody that doesn't like that song like Mm -hmm. there's that's just it's just such a great fun well-written poppy rock song that I don't know. It's it's pretty much for what it is. It's a perfect song to me, and it's basically become a rallying cry for literally every political party ever at this stage. <laughs> uh, although although you know, D. Snyder uh, is uh, is is doesn't want it to have anything to do with uh, with nutty right wingers, which yep. um, in this day and age is. Uh, I mean, it's quite literally <laughs> about that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's. I still think we, we need to bring up the, the, the famous court case appearance of D. Oh, Snyder yeah. while we're at it. Because yeah. if there is a culturally significant thing 
that Twisted Sister managed to pull off. That was embarrassing Congress dressed in a denim vest and a massive fucking poodle perm. Yeah. Like, for, for D to walk in there and, and like, psych him out thinking, oh, he's just some idiot rocker, and then absolutely annihilate the PMRC with all of the stuff he had prepared. So for, for like, younger folks that may not know about this, the PMRC was the Parents Music Resource Center, right? Um, which was run or I think even started by Tipper Gore, who is Tipper Al Gore's Gore, yeah. Al Gore's wife. And they were the ones responsible for you started to see parental advisory stickers on albums. And which did nothing but help album. I sales. know, I know. It's become like an iconic image, like, hey, that's I want that on my album. Um, and uh and so they were all about like censoring music. Yeah. And um, and then there was a big court case. I don't remember exactly how it came about, but I know that it was D. Snyder was involved, and and Frank Zappa. I think fucking John Denver also. Yeah, like that's how that's how you know everyone was rallying together. It was it was these different styles of music, you know, and they were all just like, "Why are you trying to to uh, to to um, to censor um, th- this shit?" It's just. I mean, this uh, n- nowadays it seems dumb because like it, music is so readily available to anybody that any that if somebody had brought this today, we're gonna make sure that kids can't get to music. Everyone would be bitch. How? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, how are we gonna do that? They don't gotta go to a store anymore. <laughs> All right. We did. Did we not already talk about wet ass pussy? Like that's already out there. All right. I was gonna say. <laughs> I can see tits in like three clicks. You think I'm not going to get to an Eminem song? Like yeah. <laughs> it's 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 pretty dumb. And all and also there was that the what was it the Filthy Fifteen, like yep. a, a list of songs that they thought were really bad, and only some of them were actually bad. I think they like, especially by today's standards, you look at the songs and you're like, some of these are like I would play that for my daughter when she was like five. <laughs> like well, I don't. What is this supposed to be? I'm going to look it up right now. What what were the filthy 15? Okay, you've got Darling Nikki by Prince, Sheena Easton, Sugar Wolves. Okay, Judas so Priest, bo- both of those have alive. sexual things in them. So, yeah. Uh, Vanity, Strap On Robbie Baby, oh, uh, yeah. Motley, Motley Crue, Bastard, ACDC, Let Me Put My Love Into You, <laughs> Twisted Sister, We're Not Going to Take It, Madonna, Why is that? Up. Why is We're Not Going to Take It on that list? I, it, I there's I literally know. nothing dirty about that song. Tipper Gore thought it was about bondage, so I mean that speaks to her dirty mind. Um, she thought we're not going to take it was about bondage. Uh no, it was under the blade. She thought it was about bondage, even oh, though it was about one of the, the band members under undergoing surgery. Got um, it. Got it. High and Dry by Def Leppard is on here. Trashed by Black Sabbath, like possessed by Venom. <laughs> she bought by Cindy Lauper is on here. Uh, I, I, like when, I, I owned that Cindy Lauper album when I was like six or whatever. So it's, you know, it's so funny when you, when you think in, in like context of the music of today, like they would have had like a straight up fucking seizure if they heard an Eminem song. Like if you put on the real Slim Shady to Tipper Gore, she would have straight up tried to perform an exorcism. (laughs) (laughs) But, but the, but I, I I like when things like that happen because I like it when, 
music communities come together with a common enemy because, yeah. because everything seems so fractured in so many ways that it, it's nice. Yeah. And then you get really great songs like, like hook and mouth by Megadeth that yes. come out of that. And so, um, it ended up, not a fish. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I, I love that fucking song. And, um, yeah. So, and, and it's, and it's funny because then, you know, years, years later, like, a another, another sort of, Another case that people should have rallied around and didn't was the Napster case, and they fucking left. They left Lars there yeah. to to take <laughs> all of the fucking brunt of everything. And now everyone's like, Lars, Lars was right, but you know, yeah, we just didn't want to be involved at the time. <laughs> okay, they fucking left me to deal with it myself. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love um, the fact that there are people that still that still use that as a complaint about Lars. Like he was yeah. greedy and went against Napster. I'm like, what fucking year are you living in? It's already yeah. been proven that he was right. And what he was yeah. doing was important. It had very little to do with him trying to get money. And so anyway, but that's, yeah. that's on another, another, another tangent completely. It's just, it's just become <laughs> one of the, one of those things. But I, but I do like everyone banding together against Tipper Gore and uh, and the PMRC because I'm just like yeah fuck that I don't that I I, I want to hear songs about sex and violence that's like yeah. that's what makes the world go around isn't it Hell yeah it does With Speaking that of, yeah <laughs> Burn in hell Burn in hell <laughs> I mean they don't get enough credit for how much heavier they were than a lot of glam metal bands I'll sure. give them that because like there were a lot of very glossy 80s bands um and you know when they bust out a track like stay hungry or burn in hell it's like oh this one though this fucking rocks um and then you got horror terrier the beginning a captain howdy b street justice uh is a big old story proggy concept on this one like and i say proggy as in not musically but just having two parts of a song, it's in song title only, basically. For, for Twisted Sister, uh, that's prog right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you get I Wanna Rock, which is the other one of the big two Twisted Sister tracks. Yep. One, one of, you know, one of two that had iconic music videos. Uh, the Price is a somber, on-the-road ballad. Don't Let Me Down has a kind of docking feel in the chorus. I really like this song. Uh, the Beast is an intimidating track. You know, we're metal and we're scary. Mm. And then SMF is just an ass-kicking closer. Which this stands for is a sick motherfucker. Sick motherfucker. Yeah. You're an SMF. I am. And with that, <laughs> that's my number three. <laughs> you are. Um, Hell that, yeah. That is not my number three. Uh, my uh, number three is You Can't Stop Rock and Roll. From ah. 1983. And uh, it's their second album. First thing I will say about it is it is a big improvement over the uh, debut. Um, the songs have a little bit of a looser feel, and it makes for a more enjoyable experience overall. The songwriting mm-hmm. improves. That's the one thing I got to say. From album one, two, and three, the songwriting improves like substan- substan- yeah. substantially on each of those albums. And um, there's, 
it feels a little less stiff on this album uh, performance wise than on the last one. Uh, and um, I feel like D Snyder got way better at writing vocal lines. They were a little bit more memorable, which also gets better with, uh, with stay hungry. Um, but there are still some pretty dull moments on this album, which keeps it at number three for me. Still some bland riffs. Um, and uh, and it's still got you know for the most part while it is a, a little bit a little bit easier to, to to take the guitar work is still pretty stiff in this but it does it does definitely have enjoyable moments on it um, but you know to be honest you know this this is my number three but like I've said before if I'm going for this type of rock music from the eighties, th- this is nowhere near a go-to like it's hmm. just kind of, okay, this is fine. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't have enough, uh, to, I don't know exactly how to, how to, uh, how to flesh that out anymore. Um, <laughs> to, to be on, to be honest though, like that getting that one is the, the next two albums are both albums that I legit think are good albums. Um, number three, my number three, the, the, you can't stop rock and roll. It's just kind of, it just feels so much like, like trying, trying too hard just to let everybody know you're a rocker over and over again. It's like being Mm. in a, being in a conversation with like somebody who's had a child and they begin every sentence with as a mom, I think, Uh. so this is twisted sister. And every song is as a rocker, here's what we do. And I'm like, I get it. You're a rocker. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's fine. It's a fine album, but now, now let's move on to our top two. I want to know, and and I'm delighted that this is the case and I'm going to go, against a lot of the um, kind of groupthink opinion help this the groupthink opinion probably even applies to the members because they weren't happy around this time and I kind of get that yeah but I can't help but really love love is for suckers like this album is that your number uh, two do we, do we have the same number two we do have the same number two love is for suckers let's jump in Let's yeah. just let's just open conversation here. Yeah. Yep. Nineteen eighty-seven. The glossiest, most hair metal-y thing that they did. Yeah. I really fucking like it. Like it's re- I think it's so underappreciated. Th- so this to me, they they why well, I, I I read that this was supposed to be a D Snyder solo album at first. Yes. So yeah. whoever's decision it was to lean into the pop side of stuff, it it lend it lends itself to a much more enjoyable sound because it also I don't know if it's the kind of songwriting they were going for, but this is vocally has to be the best D Snyder sounds on any Twisted Sister album. Like yeah, he sounds great on this, and I think it's yeah. because the songs allow for more of what he can do with his voice, and mm-hmm. it does have that '80s anthemic soundtrack type of shit all the way through it which is totally fun so i'm i'm currently looking at the the personnel on this album and i'm seeing a lot of names like red beach uh oh bow hill uh damn dude did bow hill produce it 
He did keyboards and backing vocals. Oh, interesting. Uh, Red Beach did uh, additional guitars. Which and Red Beach was shouts. in was in no Winger. No, what was he? Was, Red... He was he was in Winger. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, he's a member of the bands Winger and White Snake. Everyone's been in fucking White Snake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in White Snake uh, for a minute. Oh, even even fucking Kip Winger did backing vocals on this album, dude. Um. Oh, but I know there's a slightly different lineup here on this one because uh, ah yeah, Joey Seven Franco does drums on this instead of uh, AJ Paro. Okay, uh, so not so not but, really a proper Twisted Sister album, but it does have the Twisted Sister name. So yeah, um, but I mean, with that, I mean, when I listen to this, I have a great time. Uh, it really, it re- to me, it really, it, it really falls into like you know maybe what Def Leppard were doing around the time, like a mm-hmm. like a really big sounding pop metal album, and that yeah, I that I enjoy the fuck out of. That is more turn your brain off, have a beer type music for what they were doing than anything mm-hmm. else. Yeah, it it's it's one of those things where. They they leaned really hard into the poppy mentality on this one, and I think it worked really well. It's a shame that they didn't get along with that. Um, Well, I think they've been they've been going through so much shit because of of uh, the album before not doing very well, and so yeah, yeah, and so I mean, clearly, if it was if if D was intending on going on his own, things Mm. were already not well with all those guys, so. And I mean, with that, let's let's talk about the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got uh, "Wake Up," the Sleeping Giant. That is a rallying call of a song. Great opener. Yeah. Great song to kick things off. Hot love. Here's the thing. Many would argue that this is what it, this is exactly what was wrong with hair metal. I no. fucking love glossy, cheesy, yeah. smile on your face hair metal, and this is exactly so, how to do it. I I agree, but also Hot since love. since you were looking at the personnel, is it is it different guitar players than the other Twisted Sister albums? Uh, Eddie o- Ojeda is on here, and JJ French are on here, so it's the same guitarists. Because this but is, this is the only album it, that's that they that the Twisted Sister. I'm like, oh man, the guitars sound good on here. Like, what happened? He, <laughs> uh, I I would imagine that uh, Red Beach had a lot to to do with that. It being additional guitars and stuff. You yeah. know, not to not to slag anyone off. Oh, Bo Hill was a was the producer on here. Okay. okay. Uh, um. I mean, okay. When I look at the reviews of this album, I just think, it, do people have ears? Well, <laughs> like, it's really, well, it's really, especially for people that are quote unquote, you know, at, you know, as a rocker, I don't, as a rocker, I, <laughs> I don't really like the poppy sound of the, yeah. It, yeah. So I'm sure at the time there were like rockers that were annoyed by this album, and then today you have those people yeah. that that mistakenly think that Turbo is a bad album when it's not, and then. No. um and then, so I think I think it's just one of those things. But you said it. You said like groupthink mentality, and it really is. I think it's not taking this album for what it is and how good it is for what it is is kind of showing that you don't really know what you're talking about. And so, yeah. Um, and whether or not you enjoy it, that's a different story. If you're not into the eight, this this big '80s rock sound at all, then great. 
you know, move on to another party because this one is going to be, we're going to be, you know, glossing up the place. But keyboards and poodle perms for this right type in here. of yeah, for this type of stuff, like this is really good for this particular style. Yeah, um, I mean, lovers for suckers is a banger. Great chorus on it. Um, I'm so hot for you. Muscular kind of guitar riffs in there. Gives me kind of a Rock of Ages, Def Leppard vibe, like as you said. Tonight is a very 80s metal song. Uh, me and the boys. Major key hair metal is my jam. I fucking live for this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one bad habit. See, this is the thing, right? This album managed to cram every single hair metal cliche into less than 40 minutes, and I fucking love it. Like, yeah. even down to having a horn section on this track. They had a list, and they ticked every box but they did it well um i uh, mean i want this night to last forever (laughs) (laughs) like it's just good vibe 80s pool party stuff man um yeah what were you gonna say i was gonna say i i enjoyed this album so much i immediately went to go look for copies of it on vinyl because i'm like oh i I'd like to put this in my collection too. When I have those days where I just want some some poppy '80s hard rock goodness, I'm like, this is a a damn good yeah. one to throw on. The, here's the thing as well: like it, you look at the cover art, it's literally a chick sucking on a lollipop. It's it's a sugary sweet album, and it's that's exactly how it's meant to be enjoyed. Um, uh, you are all that I need is a you know lovely ballad, ultra cheesy mid to late eighties ballad, and yeah. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw it out there. Metalheads that admit to liking power ballads, horsecock energy, dude. Straight <laughs> up, <laughs> we're we're an elite breed. <laughs> we 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 are. Although I wouldn't consider myself a metalhead, but I do. I uh, I uh, I don't know what I consider myself. I, I've, you're a music head that likes metal uh, yeah I, I, I'm a heavy head I like heavy music because um, in some of it's metal a lot of it's metal nice. really but I'm uncomfortable with the metal head terminology because a lot of people yeah. that call themselves metal heads are douchebags <laughs> and so I, yeah. I try to avoid that at all costs it's it's so funny back when I was in like college or um uni and school you know any kind of situation in a music lesson where i was like made to do a group task uh it was always a case of the very first thing anyone would say to me right and it was usually girls that were singers i don't want to sing metal and it's like did you think because i looked this way i intended for you to scream yeah like like and, it, and you, they all they, and they usually think that when you're into metal that it's all screaming yeah <laughs> it it yeah people are immature dude fucking hell yeah, yeah fucking people 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 need, people need to grow up dude. most people are if, dicks like uh yeah like ludicrous ludicrous ah, <laughs> once once said very very cleverly and appropriately ludicrous were were right about everything they were they were don't this call part, me this, dude. This party sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that'll, yeah, that'll be that'll be one. That that should be the <laughs> ranking. We'll do Ludacris slash Scatterbrain. Scatterbrain together. Yeah. Which uh, well, I think That's we've already amazing. mentioned that before. That's going to happen at some point. Definitely. Um, it, yeah. To 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 me overall. Oh, hang on. Yeah, right. Is a cool song. 
this album to me <laughs> is is a big step up from Come Out and Play because it decides to pick something and really go for it with confidence, you know? Whereas yeah, yeah. Come Out and Come Out and Play was like is there a way we can build off of what we did with Stay Hungry? And it, they kind of fell flat. The answer is Whereas no. This, yeah. <laughs> See, had they just have jumped to this, I mean, granted, it might have been a more jarring, like, holy fuck, they went real poppy real fast. But they they might have lasted right through the 80s if they did that. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. What to the, me, there's legit cool songs on this album. I don't. I don't the the eighties sounding part of it 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 just it just makes it really enjoyable. But song song wise, like there's just really good songs on here, and so uh, that it doesn't it doesn't to me sound like style over substance. It really does that. I really mm. think that there are well written songs and well performed songs on this album. So that's that it is why it ended up at number two because I'm like I can't deny the quality of the album, even if it's maybe not what the sick motherfuckers had in mind. You know, yeah. when they put out another album. But that's the thing. It, it isn't the raw heavy metal of their first couple of records. And it's very polished. But I like that about this era. I'm a yeah. total slut for glossy hair metal. That's why uh, Danger Danger's first album was in my top five albums of 89. Dude, this, this Danger Danger makes this sound like punk rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> featuring Naughty Naughty and Bang Bang. Nice. Which brings, which brings us to our number ones, which our number ones are kind of close together, but not, not the same album. Yeah. So my number one is your number three, and mm. that is You Can't Stop Rock and Roll. And my reasoning for this is that the production is thicker, it's heavier. The songs are stronger. They sound more comfortable on their instruments. Mm-hmm. Everything kind of comes together. It's it it is very meat and potatoes heavy metal, but I feel like it's done in a such a fist pounding way that it doesn't need to. It wouldn't benefit from being technical, and it wouldn't benefit from being polished. This album to me is great the way it is. I mean, you open with the kids are back great stomping opener like this whole album feels like uh the background music in a bar fight scene in an 80s movie i think a rough town i think the kids are back is one of the songs he plays in cobra kai yeah Yeah. and with good reason like like a knife in the back is just more fist pounding kick assery ride to live live to ride is a harley davidson metal anthem basically uh (laughs) Isn't there funny? Funny we talked about SpongeBob before, but isn't there an episode where there's a biker gang, and they they think that they've pissed off the wild ones because one of them tore uh, a W off of the back, but it turns out to be an M, and they find out at the end it's just a bunch of like old people on bikes. I don't know if I remember that episode, but that sounds great. (laughs) Yeah, they spend the whole episode like trying to figure out how they can make it up to this dangerous biker gang that they think that they've pissed off. <laughs> when in actual fact, it's just a bunch of old farts that drive around on Harleys. But yeah, um, I Am, I'm Me, is a motivational, feel-good, fuck-yeah-I-rule anthem. I love this song. This song, to me, gets me out of bed in the morning. Uh, the Power and the Glory 
it's pretty much speed metal when it kicks in. Uh, we're going to make it. Another hell yeah, we roll moment. I've had enough. That chorus gets stuck in my head super easy. Like, ooh, I've had enough. Uh, I'll Take Your Lives is a fun song. You're Not Alone. Suzette's song is a ballad. Uh, and finally, You Can't Stop Rock and Roll. One of the greatest 80s metal tracks oh. ever, in my opinion. I love that song. I think it's just such an unrelenting, killer, it's a fun break song. the speed limit track. Yeah. But uh, with that, that is my number one. Cool. Um, I, I decided to be a basic bitch and put... Normie! Stay Hungry <laughs> from 1984 is my number one. Um, their third album... But but honestly, like a lot of when you talked about this album, a lot of the reasons that you said were why I like this one so much because of the fact that yeah. you do get the best of both worlds with them. Um, Definitely, and it's it's the most varied of any of their albums, but also it seems the most adventurous with the different kinds of kind of things they were doing because they had such. If I don't know, you know, in the songwriting process, how how everything happened, but. If you have songs as strong, if you have a song as strong as We're Not Gonna Take It, they literally could have just phoned in the rest of the album and it probably still would have been a hit. But the fact that there's all these different strong songs that don't sound like that, and yeah. and you get that, you know, two-parter long song, which is a little bit different. And I just think that it's a classic of the era, but in this particular case, as we were talking about before, I was talking about this album along with Metal Health by Quiet Riot. Metal Health, to me, has a lot of filler. Stay Hungry, to me, mm-hmm. doesn't really have any filler on it. Like it, 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 it may lose a little bit of its steam the second half of the album, but overall, um, it, it, to me, seems like the ultimate statement of Twisted Sister because it does have all of those things. The, the catchiness of, of some songs, the, the metal of other songs and it's well produced well performed um still a little bit stiff here and there but it's but it's it's got memorable and catchy songs and and on top of that i said it before we're not going to take it as one of the defining songs of of the 80s like and i don't just mean rock i mean if you were going to make a top 20 songs of the 80s we're not going to take it has to go on that list because it's just it's such an it's such a uh it's kind of like, you know, if somebody comes to me and says, hey, what what was, could you give me a good example of, of the, the 80s synth pop that was really popular in the 80s? And I'd be like, well, aha, take on me, is I think is the most, that is like, that yeah. nails it. Where I think on the rock side of things, this nails 80s rock, you know, big hair rock or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, there's something to be said for that. As much as I don't really dig Twisted Sister, a lot of what they did, if you're a band that at least produces a song like that, that is fucking timeless. And I also love then you, you know, whatever you've, you've done enough. That's, that's, that's good enough <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, um, I, I, I really enjoy this album and, um, I think it, it, it was one of those cases where it deserved the success and it got success. And unfortunately for them, it, it, it fell off real quick. Which um, which is all. It's always been interesting to me because, and I think it's because other bands came along that unfortunately were doing things better. 
because mm-hmm. I would I would rather listen. Well, Rat was already doing it around this time, but I'd rather listen to Rat or Cinderella or uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean Motley Crue too. Although, like you know, around this time, I I, I agree. Theater of Pain is one of the worst Motley Crue albums. So, uh, but they would recover with Girls, 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 which to me is also still only a half really good album. And so, which we did Motley Crue already. How long we've been doing this? Almost two years. Or has that it been two years? Eight, I think it's been two. It, it's if it's not been two years, it's coming up on two years because we started in. I think it was June, sh- June twenty twenty. So yeah, yeah, almost two years of us doing these, and and Motley Crue was really early on. Um, back when you didn't have the luxury of looking at our lovely faces. If you're watching this on YouTube, no, I'm yeah. not forgetting. I'm not forgetting the podcast listeners. I'm. This podcast will keep going for those of you who depend on it to be here for your enjoyment. Um, Back when I was sat cross-legged on my bed with zero lumbar support and a lapel mic with a laptop. Yeah. Look and at now us now. I have a whole ass studio. Yeah. Now we're now we're basically... We, we made it. We're professional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't really know what else to add about Stay Hungry. It's just a really... It's a fun album of the time. And... Um, when it came through in the chronologic chronological leakiness of the albums of the twisted sisters, um, it came on and like from song one, I say hungry comes on. And I'm just like, this is like way better than everything else that they did. Um, <laughs> and just, just the quality of it all. And, um, it's one of those cases where I do the, the most popular album uh, to me is the best one. And, um, so yeah, I, I that that's that that's that's all I have to say about that. That brings us to the end of uh, of Twisted Sister and and for the first time in a few weeks, three, two, one, yeah, yeah we, we did, did it. it. Yeah, <laughs> that feels good. Um, it does. We're back. And um, so yeah, I, I if I, I I apologize if I offended any twisted any sick motherfuckers of what are they called sick motherfucking fans or something like that. Yeah, sick the motherfuckers. Twi- the twisted sister fans. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, or or if, or if D Snyder's listening, um, you know. Sorry, dude. you're a cool guy. You seem you seem great. By the way, I'm I, I would like to I'd I'd have a beer with D Snyder. Um, mm. Do you like D Snyder? I feel like you're gonna do these next show. Am I am I wrong in thinking that like did he ever put together a product where it was like peanuts and they were called D's nuts? Ah, oh, I I think I I can't remember if it's a meme or not. Like D Snyder, D's nuts. Because I would absolutely buy those. I think. I'm ah. I've definitely seen. Uh, I don't know if this is true or not. Nah, it's a meme, but God it is it. funny. Uh, it, it's uh, it's just a pack of like mixed nuts, and it's got the Twisted Sister logo on it and D, and it says D's nuts. <laughs> I would love that. I would just I would just have them all the time with me, but the, the label turned around, and then somebody can be like, "What what are you eating?" I'll be like, "D's nuts, got him." Uh, ah! <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> That's the best way you to do wrap it like this s- up, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a D's nuts joke. D's nuts. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, real real quick while it's on my mind. Yes. What the fuck is Snoop, Snoop up to? Taking oh. 
Doggy Style and The Chronic off of uh, streaming services for NFT purposes. He's going to turn it into an I, NFT or something. I'm I'm ready for that entire thing to collapse so we can uh, just go back <laughs> to normal because it's... Um, it's yeah. it's it's kind of annoying, but I, I'm not going to say anything else about it. It's it is what it is. It's a fad, and and people are so, you know some people are enjoying it. Some people are even benefiting from it. So whatever you know, it's a, to each their own. If you're in the uh, NFT game and it's working for you, um, kudos. But mm. uh, yeah, um, and on, I feel like that was I was like I'm on that note. I don't even know where to. <laughs> what are we? What are we even doing next week? I think next week we're we're tackling another year, aren't we? You're an NFT. We're doing 1985 next week. We're gonna camp out, camp out in the 80s zone a little bit. Just so everybody knows, we're next next. Yeah, for those of you who are peanut butter platypie. Um, yeah. Oh. Platy. My man. That isn't that isn't that correct? Isn't a platypus plural? Platypi. I feel like we've looked this up before, and we were shocked to find it. Is it platypi or platypuses? Uh, platypuses, which is the correct plural form, not platypi, are among the few venomous mammals. Uh, <laughs> They're venomous mammals. It, it says venomous mammal. I like it even more. Uh, I like it even more. Platypuses are small egg-laying mammals with webbed feet, duck-like balls. <laughs> what is it? Duck-like balls. <laughs> duck-like bills and tails <laughs> like beavers that live in Australia and Tasmania. Oh, well, they're Australian. Everything fucked up lives in Australia, dude. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't share his views. I don't know really anything about Australia. There's some nice people there and some good bands there. Yeah, there's oh, there are some lovely people in Australia, but everything. And I much I much enjoy your crocodile Dundee you. movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, anyway, so I, uh, yeah, I had to save I had to save my girlfriend from a spider that that this like weekend, and it paled in comparison to the shit that lives in Australia. I don't know oh, how how they do it. I've like, heard that. Yeah. Plus, plus, it's got to be really bizarre to live in a part of the world where at Christmas time it's summertime. Yeah, that is. Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I don't, we've never even talked about an Australian band that I can. We, we got to do ACDC, I guess, at some point. And um, Silverchair or Silverchair. Silver um, anyway, yes, or Midnight Oil. Who knows. Um, yes. So for those of you who are the peanut butter platypuses, um, you mm. have a, you have a little bit of insight into what's happening next week. That will be our top 10 albums of 1985. Um, I've already mm. started my list. I'm trying to whittle it down to 10. Um, it's actually pretty rough. There's a lot of good shit that came out in 1985. Um, but, um, as, as usual, I'll be the guy that leaves off albums that some people will be like, what? Why would you talk about 1985 without this album? <laughs> and I'm like, well, because it's not that great. Um, anyway, but we'll get to that. Me pissing off more people next week um, when we come back for uh, the next episode of Cranked and Ranked. So thank you very, very much, everyone. Thank you for your patience and us coming back. Um, and uh, thank you for continuing to listen. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you for watching. Go buy some merch, please. If you're watching this on YouTube, you should be able to scroll down and there should be merch. Go buy some for, for Eddie's birthday. Just, you know. There's cool shit down there. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, that's all we got for this episode of Cranked and Ranked. And as usual, I'm going to throw it over to my man, Edward J. Sparks, to take us out.
And a later dude. And a later dude. And a later dude. Later dude. Dude, help me, help, help Steven. And the twisted new year. Yeah, there it is. There it All is. All right. Good night. Good, good night. <laughs> Goodbye. Good day. Bye.